Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Expecting the minimum, the minimum, the minimum. That's a formula I can live by. Don't be an idiot. Get up and do better. Two imperfect pastors trying to figure it out. Welcome to another episode. We are glad you're joining us today. I'm Caleb and my co-host Jake is here. What's going on guys? Uh, We're excited to have you guys with us. We're excited for a, this is kind of a behind the scenes episode. We have in our studio... (laughs) Is that what we're going to call this? Yes, this yes. is our amazing the studio. The room that doesn't get used as much as other rooms. <laughs> uh, our studio, <laughs> a guest, uh, to help us understand the ebbs and flows of a, a church and specifically the uh, sermon series, the biblical teaching. Uh, today is actually Joe Perkins' 29 years serving at First Baptist Church in Mount City. And how many years total, Joe, have you been in ministry? Uh, 39 years. 39 years. Uh, he's been in ministry longer than I've been alive. Yeah, me too. Yep. So, <laughs> it goes without saying. So young he guy. Has, we brought in an expert. <laughs> and I, Hardly. I'm just <laughs> starting to learn some things. That's all I'm talking his about. His name plaque on his desk is Joe Perkins, head pastor, expert. Expert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's I'm sure. All if the he different doesn't list. have one, we should get him one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a Christmas gift. Always Just an always. advanced intermediate. Advanced <laughs> intermediate. Frozen Levi's. Yes. That's great. So what we want to talk about today, where we're going to go is just generally like, how do you decide uh, what we're going to be, what you're going to be speaking over, uh, specifically then introduction, introducing the, uh, our next sermon series, which is going to begin uh, in September here at First Baptist Church, and then just getting into some of those questions there. But uh, before we get started with that, oh, every visitor owes us every a toll. <laughs> every guest, are you the troll that's collecting <laughs> yeah, it under the bridge? Under this, under this illustration, I guess I'm the troll, the scary <laughs> troll. Uh, yeah, so they've heard plenty of stories from Caleb and I. We have a plethora of stories for some reason. Of don't be an idiot. Stories. Uh, Joe has great ones. Um, we heard one today that as soon as we heard, it, like that's the one. Yeah, that's gonna be the one. So yeah, because I missed a key. I, I was yes. familiar with the story, but I missed one key detail that makes it that much funnier. Okay. Tell us the macaroni story, Joe. <laughs> uh, gladly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So don't ask my wife, but if you were to ask her, how well does Joe communicate about his plans and what's lying, what's ahead, what's coming up? Uh, she would have an answer for you that makes me say, please don't ask her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in this particular thing, there was going to be a, a gathering of some folks providing lunch for one of our missionary guests. It was mm. February, a year and a half ago, and uh, the missions committee, they're planning the meal. Somebody's got the meat. Somebody's got the dessert. Somebody's thinking vegetables. Well, I'm not going to sign my wife up for anything. I, I just need to talk to her about it. Well, I know mm. not to sign her up. I at least maybe knew that, but um, it comes to be Saturday morning, which is the day before. And I say, um, Terry, um, there's a lunch. There's a lot of umming. <laughs> there's a lot of umming. There's a lunch tomorrow that we're supposed to bring something to. But don't you worry about it. We're going to the city today. We'll buy something up there in the city. And don't you worry. You don't have to do anything. And in fact, you really like Panera. We'll go to Panera for lunch 
And then we'll buy something and you don't have to worry about it. Uh, up to this point, you're winning. <laughs> well, Th- the this Panera is, is a win for Terry. Y- yeah. And so she didn't have to cook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm um, okay. I don't feel like a winner, but <laughs> oh, I mean, you're yeah. giving me some BOT. I, I would yeah. hold no shame about that at all. So we go there to Panera and then it's time for me to, to buy something. And so I say, Terry, you might just want to go outside. I'm going <laughs> to. I don't want any evidence of this I crime. Want, <laughs> I don't want her to know what I'm spending, the extravagance <laughs> of the macaroni and cheese. So we, I buy. Joe's blow money's gone for that month. <laughs> I buy a lot of macaroni and cheese. And uh, get it out there, get it home. And I, I, we get home, I say, hey, we're going to put this in another bowl. Nobody will ever know. They'll think, <laughs> they'll think that you made it. The great macaroni caper. The yeah. great macaroni caper. It's, yeah. It seemed easy enough. So uh, we get there. I help her scoop it into another bowl probably that night or the next morning or something. Oh, and so she, she was complicit in this. Well, she. <laughs> Everyone knows Joe doesn't cook, so if Joe's bringing food. <laughs> yeah, it, they, that's true. They all would have known it came from. Tim. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. Thought it would. Trying to make so, her look good. Yeah, so the meal happens, and we're all sitting around eating, and uh, some folks are like, "Wow, this is really good macaroni and cheese." Wow, Terry, <laughs> this is really good. No, Terry, this is exceptional. Where did you get this? And she can't take it anymore. They're just piling on. She can't take it anymore. Finally, she goes, it's Panera. And they're like, oh, you got the Panera recipe online. How'd you do that? You got the Panera recipe right there online. She bribed the employees to give her their good recipe. Yeah, how'd you do that? And then she, I, I'd like to think I stepped in at that point <laughs> to just say, uh, I bought it. <laughs> Put it in another bowl <laughs> and hopes none of you would ask. Everyone at some point has done this. Like, I didn't cook, but I'm not telling anyone. And I just, you couldn't let it go, people. You couldn't let it go. And just let it go. And it came up again. I, I invited the same group of people to a lunch Sunday. <laughs> got to get got to get a different group of people. So I, I, I got to get more friends. <laughs> <laughs> So I invited the same group, and I said, hey, we're having lunch Sunday, but there's going to be no macaroni and cheese, and mm. some weren't coming, and some wanted to bail, and some said, how are we going to make up for that? But Don't you yeah. wish they remembered your sermon series as well as they remembered your <laughs> macaroni mistakes? Oh, yeah. Not, yeah. So the macaroni came up a lot during the lunch, but yeah, the, the sermon I <laughs> the was sermon one of the did. best sermons that, you know, ever. And, Top 10 in 29 years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> surely. Isn't that what is so true, though? Like, e- even doing this podcast, the most feedback we get is the dopey idiot stories. So, yeah, I feel like, and we even own up to it. Yeah. Like, I realized I did wrong by the them. girl that I broke up <laughs> with. I realized I did wrong. <laughs> I know this, people. Yes, you don't I, have to continue to push. Yeah. Well, that would be one of my don't be an idiot stories right there. That, well, we love you've paid the cost. Yep. <laughs> Only one. Oh, I can cross the bridge now. Can I can get in. <laughs> Going with the troll thing. I like this. So. Yeah, that works. So we're talking about the sermon series. Yeah. Uh, let's start with, Joe, 29 years of ministry anywhere is a long time. Like mm. you've, it's not average. 10 years is an average, I'm sure. So to stay fresh, to stay original, to not repeat yourself, I know you're concerned about, like, how do you go about choosing what you're going to preach on every Sunday morning, week in and week out. Sure. Well, you mentioned staying fresh, and it's a big deal to me to stay fresh from reading 
uh, my quiet time. It's usually important to me what I'm studying in the Bible personally, and then uh, books that I'm reading, podcasts now. Uh, all those have contributed significantly to me growing and staying mm. fresh. That's um, great. When it comes to uh, then the sermon series, I, I think, you know, what does a church need to know? Long before I became a pastor, I remember thinking, when I get started as a pastor, I want to preach on the Gospel of John. That's a fundamental book. It's basic about who Jesus Christ is. I want to present uh, the Gospel of John. Mm. And uh, then I become pastor in Mount City, and it was the Gospel of John that we uh, presented. But as I thought about it, you guys tipped me off ahead of time what question you wanted to ask. Mm -hmm. So I thought about a few different ways that we come up with sermon series. One of those is I think about the five purposes of the church, worship, evangelism, discipleship, fellowship and ministry and so we think i think through those five and um i had the image explained to me at one time if you picture each of those five purposes in a in a beaker arranged over one bunsen burner okay and then the uh you heat up the burnt the beaker of worship mm. with one sermon series and then you heat up the beaker mm. of fellowship with another sermon series and so each series, and it's one reason I like series, is it keeps that premise, that idea in front of the congregation for weeks or months at a time rather than just uh, one Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would just add as a little on the side, it's a lot easier <laughs> to know where we're going next Sunday than if we had random sermons in, in scattered places mm. around in Scripture. Yeah, I remember... I was probably a youth pastor here, so uh, for me, maybe 14 years ago, 13, 14 years ago, something like that, you gave me an opportunity to preach, and you told me, like, choose whatever you want. And I remember being like, I don't want to do that. Just, <laughs> just, you tell me what to preach on, and I'll figure it out from there. But It must have been in between series or something. Uh, yeah. Series have been yeah. something that we've done since way back in my youth ministry days mm -hmm. to teach in in series. Mm -hmm. So I tend to think about what topic needs to be elevated or heated up from the That's Bunsen great. burner mm -hmm. idea uh, in the congregation. Currently, we're we started one last Sunday, three weeks on connections, which is about fellowship and the value of the local church. And uh, then we're going to start one after Labor Day, uh, Believe No Lies, which is an evangelism, a worldview. Mm. Uh, yes. Yeah, so so uh, first, tell us Tell us about that series, uh, and then we'll we'll get into the why that series. So sure. A uh, couple more reasons why I pick series sure. that we do. Let me okay. do that first. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, so I think through those five purposes, another way is I think about what resources do I have. Um, if uh, I studied, I remember I, I did a, a quiet time study on my own on the, f the worship songs in Revelation. Mm, I remember this and, one. And I got all... Like, wow, it's all about the lamb on the throne. Check this out. And so out of that grew a sermon series because I was so fired up about it. Deuteronomy is the third most quoted book in the New Testament from the Old Testament. So I'm like, I want to go to Deuteronomy in my quiet time and see what's going on over there, why it gets brought up so much. So I did my quiet time there. Several things stood out. I did a Bible hour class on the book of Deuteronomy was way more meaningful because it came from my heart and my study. Um, years ago, I remember the discipling 
uh, relationships in the mm-hmm. Bible, Elijah to Elisha, uh, Jonathan to David, and uh, Moses to Joshua. That turned into a sermon series because it was my personal. And then other resources like books that I've read. And uh, the fall series we'll get to in a moment came from a book that I read. Another um, way that we pick sermon series is I think about in Acts chapter 20, Paul said, I did not hesitate to preach the whole counsel of God to you. And so I think about the whole counsel of God in the scriptures. And if we've been in the New Testament a while, we need Mm. to visit the Old Testament. And if we've been in the Old Testament a while, we need to visit the New Testament. And if we focused on Paul's letters, then we get need to get to the gospels. And so this, uh, the whole council, I think about it. And you mentioned 29 years. It's a kind of a, a fear of mine that I get to the end of whatever season of ministry at our church. And there's some area I didn't cover that should have been covered. Okay. There's hmm. some topic when you think of the whole counsel of God, you you know, and I, I give an account. Caleb preached on Hebrews 13 some weeks ago, uh, where uh, spiritual leaders have to give an account. So I you know, stand before God. He said, "Why didn't you speak on this or that?" So that's on my mind a lot. And uh, <laughs> okay, quick question. Yeah. What What's an area you're like? I don't really want to speak about that one. <laughs> like, I have that question here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll sidestep that one. Well, I'll tell you one I haven't sidestepped, but I have not presented it in the proportion that it's in the Bible, and that would be money. Mm. And so November, we're going to do a three or four week series on finances and what the Bible says about it. You know, one I've never addressed. Uh, Maybe because I like to eat. I don't know. Fasting. <laughs> gluttony doesn't get a lot of gluttony. attention. Yeah. I haven't preached on gluttony either. I guess yeah. now that you mentioned that. Yeah. I was just listening to a podcast. I was talking about fasting and yeah. how important it is. And I was like, oh, that one. I don't like it. I, I don't want to do that one. Yeah. yeah. It's it, great. It's, it's, uh, fasting is suggested. It's not commanded. In oh, that's great. Observations. Yeah. Uh, I mean, prayer is commanded. Commanded. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not one if I have to give an account to God for not giving a sermon on fasting or practicing that discipline in my life, then hmm. it's not the only thing I'll give an account <laughs> for. <laughs> like, eh. um, but uh, after twenty nine years, there's probably not a lot of holes, or at least the holes are getting smaller. I'd, uh, I'd like to think so. I we have repeated very few hmm. uh, sermons. Uh, we're going to do the Gospel of John starting at Christmas time in December and do all of next year mm. um, in a call back to discipleship and a call back to the foundation of our faith and uh, belief. Yeah, belief. And uh, it's that's really in, good. It's in the book of John over a hundred times. And so, uh, yeah, belief. Um, and I think that one, we can go there. There's, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm personally really excited for that. The Gospel of John is my favorite gospel. And- just I'm, I'm really excited to dig into it. So, and I'll give you one more reason then related to sermon series, and that's the mm-hmm. rhythm of the church calendar. Okay, now that that's one people probably don't think about much. Talks about that one. Yeah, during it is we tend to look at the calendar, and there's certain uh, seasons that we present messages of in a different kind of vein. I'll give you an example. We're just coming out of the summer, and people are gone. Uh, mm-hmm. coming and going on vacation. So we don't do a series that builds on 
itself. Mm. If we were teaching through the book of Ephesians, uh, you know, hey, you should have been here last week for chapter one. We're on chapter two now. Well, well you referenced Hebrews. Hebrews is very much that way. He, yes. Persuasive yes. argument. That's great. And, that's, and we did Hebrews earlier mm-hmm. in the year. Mm-hmm. The summer we did uh, anointed, the anointed one about, they were Psalms mm-hmm. that spoke of Christ. Mm. So there's a common theme, a thread, but then they're independent, standalone messages. Uh, so the seasons when you know people are going to be gone, you're not going to try to hold their feet to the fire and be like, you should have been mm-hmm. here. Like, oh, we get it. You're moving around. You're not going to be here. Right. And, and so You the, can pop in and still be good. Yeah. So May is Mother's Day. It's high school graduations. It leads into Father's Day. It's not been uncommon. If we're going to do a family series, it's typically okay. May yeah. into June. Around Easter, obviously, the cross, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus conversations with Pilate we did a few years ago. A um, couple other things for folks to keep in mind. In the fall, school's starting, and mm-hmm. uh, so we tend to do a worldview kind of series, uh, whether it's in evangelism to help communicate the gospel to lost people or to equip our folks to communicate the gospel. We did one called Reality a few years ago, um, and we've done some others. This year, uh, oh, we did one called Worldview. Last year was 10 Words, the Ten Commandments. Um, to that was a fun one, yeah. Yeah, uh, just the 10 words. And then uh, this year, we're going to do right after Labor Day, Believe No Lies. And uh, I read a book in the spring. It had a great structure and premise to it. going to borrow from uh, Mr. Comer, the book, Live No Lies, and uh, try to create a message series out of that. Um, so anyway, that the d- January, February series, I think of in terms of defining series. That's kind of the word I think of. I want it to set the tone for the year, Okay. to create a vision for the year. Uh, February missions, that's intended to set the tone for the church early in the year. So this year was Hebrews and making much of Christ. Uh, but if somebody were to look at our calendar, what'd you preach on in January? Whatever that topic is, Joe wants that to define the church that year. This year's uh, 24. It's going to be gospel of John. Um, so anyway, that's, no, it's, it's we, really good. I, I think it helps to, we've at two twelve our youth group at first Baptist, we've done a lot of things because of what Joe's doing. I've tried to do those. We do a worldview in the fall and we do a, like a relationship in the spring around Valentine's day. And we see attendance spikes because they know what's coming. They get excited about it. Do you mm-hmm. see similar things when like people know it's missions month and they get excited about it or well, they, I think so. And the preaching topics in February, we want to enhance uh, the missions idea along with just the general defining yeah. direction of the church. Uh, that's good. Before we get to this one, Kate, I want to have a fun question to ask him. Like, can you mm-hmm. think about a series that you thought was defining for it? You said you talked about John being the first, so 29 years, can you think about, man, everyone got excited about this series? Yeah. One that was a big deal, um, moving to the new building and casting vision for the new building. We did Hebrews 11, all the different heroes, heroes of, the of the faith, and we called it Forward on Faith. And Steve Thompson made a great video. Uh, this tells you how old the song is because it was like 2003, four, five, right in there. Uh, I can only imagine. Was oh, the first time it got <laughs> popular. We're on the second yeah, or third yeah, rendition yeah. of its popularity. Yeah, the movie. But uh, he had some great uh, 
character, maybe his own kids out here on the property when there was nothing else mm. out here. A song I can only imagine we dreamed. And then what if we you know, stepped forward on faith? So that was a, a big defining series. I think about early in my time, messages on discipleship, mm-hmm. set the tone, messages on uh, uh, missions. Um, also related when we started faith in action, cause that's coming up here in a couple weeks and, um, oh, it was to communicate the vision, the concept of serving in our community and a, a big defining one for me, Luke two, Luke two, it's Mark two, where they let the guy down through the roof, his four mm. friends carry. Mm-hmm. And he said, I had previously communicated the church is an emergency room. Uh, you know, that cross is red on the front of the building, I would say. Uh, but then I said, we need to think about people that can't or won't come to us and let's swap out. And I had a hospital bed or doctor's office bed in the room. We need to bring, have, think like paramedics that are going to where Mm. broken and hurting people are. And, uh, I wanted that to define what became our serving in the community, faith in action and our oil change for ladies and such. And it's been a church definer for a lot of people. Yeah. So in... August, uh, not as much now because the church has caught on to that vision. But in the early days of faith in action, that was a, a definer, a common theme. Yeah, defined. great. I remember uh, the Jeremiah one, run with horses. That was a fun one. What was the work series you did where we yeah, got at work? That's great. We've got at work. Yeah, We've done some work ones. And now you mentioned the Jeremiah one. Uh, that same year, run with horses. How are you going to have? spiritual grit, grit to run with yeah. horses if you you know you, you run out of gas so easily but we did uh job that year and we did that jeremiah dark days deep faith dark days deep faith and so and then we did a, a third series that's escaping me at the moment long obedience in the same, same direction. direction yes see you know what i remember is the graphics for them uh, that's exactly what i picture <laughs> yeah uh that's uh Huge props to you guys that have come up with the graphics and run with horses. There was a little intro video. Man, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, Yeah, Jake, you need to do that again. Yeah. Think (laughs) of what we're talking about, how it it drills it into our minds. And had there been one sermon on that verse in Jeremiah, we would have forgotten it a long time ago. But the concept, oh, yeah, spiritual grit, I need to have that. Mm -hmm. So that became a theme through the year, and we built on that with at least three different series related to Yeah. With horses. I, I remember it being significant in my own spiritual growth here, transitioning from that young guy to trying to, you know, some grit, some purpose and things like that for my family. It was, it was big. So that'd wow. be an interesting to hear from other people. Like what series do you remember that was impactful to, to you? you? Yeah. That'd be great. Tell us, you know, you guys tell us, you know, when we, about our stories, that's what we'd love to hear about <laughs> yeah, the something, series. Something I'd recommend to help with that, to get on the church app and for at least the last four or five years, the series are on there. And you could go back through it. It should be six, I, seven years now. Yeah. And just look. And I think if you're not recalling any right now, it would jog your memory. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just some, to me, there were cool series where we di- dove into the Word of God, or there was some, the graphic was great that helped remind yeah. us, or uh, Deliverance is on there from the book of Exodus that was defining that year. And oh, life hacks from uh, Proverbs. Proverbs. That was a fun one in the summer. And, and that was a summer because it was just topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one too. With the thread of life hacks that went through it. All right. So tell us about the series that's starting 
uh, believe no lies. It's starting in September, which will be just uh, a couple uh, weeks, week and a half away from when this episode airs. Um, well, I'm excited to talk about it. I read a, a book in the spring by uh, is it John Mark Comer, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys have referenced on here the ruthless elimination of hurry, and he wrote uh, this one called "Live No Lies," mm. and he, as I read it, I'm like, man, this is so good. I want to share it. I want to presented in our way and style. But he he took uh, the three enemies that a Christian faces. In James chapter 3 and verse 15, it says that a Christian faces three enemies. Uh, we would call them the world, the flesh, and the devil. That text says the wisdom that you know is divisive and destructive is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Earthly, the world, sensual, our own. Uh, lusts and desires and impulses, devilish coming from the devil. Mm. And so uh, Comer made a, a fantastic sequence uh, taking those three, and he's talked about uh, deceptive ideas that originate with the devil that then uh, resonate with our disordered desires because we've got mm. all these impulses, and then it's normalized uh, by the world. And and that sequence just flows, and I'm excited to give a biblical worldview. There's also then a solution to each of those. We'll give an explanation of the devil, his origins, but then his tactics. John 8 and verse 44, Jesus said, You're of your father, the devil. He was a murderer and a liar. And it's fascinating that his weapon for murder is lies. Hmm. How many people have been have died because of a lie? Suicide in 2022 was the highest it's ever been. This mm-hmm. just came I just out. saw that. Yeah, it just came out. Mm. We're going to talk about that at some point. Yeah. What's happening in somebody's head that thinks their life isn't worth living? What lie are they believing? Mm. Um, Crash of the Shatterbox talks about that a lot. The that was a great book. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, a lot of uh, my counseling and conversations with people is to look at, talk to them about what's the voice in your head saying and to recognize wow. that it's a lie. Love to point out the Casting Crown song, The Voice of Truth. Mm. The voice is calling out my name and they're laughing at me and saying, You can't yeah. do it, but I will choose to listen to the voice of truth. So um, the solution. To fighting the devil, one, let's recognize that we're in a battle. Jesus said the devil's real. But then to stand in spiritual armor, Ephesians chapter 6. Oh, that's good. Talks about spiritual armor. And so that first uh, step in the process is recognize these are lies. And how many lies are out there in our mm. culture Um and I was reading a John Stossel book, and this might sound like I'm getting off topic, but a John Stossel book, he said that malaria was virtually eradicated in the world. And then a book came out in the early 60s that attacked the main pesticide called DDT. When I was a little boy, I had a T-shirt that said, DDT bugs me. And uh, I didn't know what it was. I was just a kid. Well, the book said... That And she documented how bird eggs were thinner and more fragile because DDT was being sprayed. It had eradicated malaria. 
And because of this book and fragile bird eggs, DDT got um, made illegal. And now we hear malaria statistics all the time and people raise money for malaria nets and all that. And it's all based on a lie that could have, that, that was nearly eradicated. At the very least, they could have come up with a better solution before they took the only solution. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. so I'm going to go personal here. For you, what's one of the lies that you've had to battle in your own head and counteract it with a voice of truth? It's a great question. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm really putting it's it unfair. on the spot. He had no, <laughs> no, he had no warning like, for this one. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I feel and have since a young guy very inadequate and a lack of confidence. And very early in ministry, uh, man, I was probably weeks into ministry and was just blown away by the responsibility and expectations hmm. and such. Second Corinthians 3, 5. Not that we're sufficient in ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And mm. So I've had to remind myself that over and over and over. I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to be enough. Uh, my sufficiency is going to come from God. And so the lie in my head would be uh, an overwhelming inadequacy. Mm. That then I have to... Keep answering with God's truth. And it's still going. So if somebody, (laughs) if I've had conversation with somebody like, hey, this, you know, here's the voice of truth and let's pick out the lie. How long do I have to do that? How long do you have to tell your kid to say thanks at Christmas time? Gosh. (laughs) As long as it takes. That felt like an attack. (laughs) Talk about you. He got personal. (laughs) As long as it takes. I told my kids, you know, and, and, you know, the grandkid, it's another Christmas and they're telling him, go tell, you know, grandpa, thanks. Um, how long are they going to have to do that? As long as it takes. So how long do I have to keep convincing Mm -hmm. myself of, uh, that God's the one making me it? Yeah. And the haunting question, do I have what it takes? Right. No, but (laughs) that's God's help. Yeah. That's one of my favorite verses is God uses the broken, frail, (laughs) inadequate things of this world to show himself strong. And that's the whole point is like, Hey, I chose you because you can't do it. Well, if you th- Joe talked about like the world, the self, the devil. Those are the three enemies. All three love to tear down people. Mm. The devil's like, if you're going to take down a leader, you're going to attack their confidence. Like that's a, a mm. textbook way to do it. The world's going to tear you down that way. You don't have what it takes yourself. The devil's going to whisper. It's a perfect weapon. But the truth wasn't something you found in yourself. Yeah. It was something you found in the Bible. That was uh, yeah, key, the truth. I think. You know, that's interesting because the culture keeps saying the answers are inside you. Mm. You just got to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to follow your dreams, follow your heart. And the scripture comes along and says, don't believe your heart. It lies to you. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, Jeremiah 17. And instead of believing that, you got to look outside yourself. Right. And but actually, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, just the culture says, don't believe anything outside yourself. It's the answers are within you. And scripture has a whole different worldview. Anything good in you comes from God. <laughs> so yeah. scripture says, yeah. So that, that really leads into the last question is why do you think this sermon series is important at this time? If it's the rhythms or whatever it is, like we talked about. Yeah. Well, it fits the rhythm of the fall series where we try to have a little more academic or intellectual reality worldview kind of series, Believe No Lies. But also, 
we're at a point where we can't really believe anything that we're told mm -hmm. in the media, on the internet, uh, on the news. And I think we're all getting a little cynical. Where's the truth at? Um, you know, the, the bug, the COVID, and how many uh, we were told early on, wear masks. Then we found out from uh, the Dr. Fauci, he just didn't want to run out. Or no, he said masks, we don't wear masks. And then we found out he just didn't want to run out of masks for hospitals. So he told everybody to not wear masks. Then it was wear masks. And uh, we, yeah, when, when it caught up, making them caught up. <laughs> yeah, when they all got caught up. And so, okay, wow, do we wear them or do we not wear them? And uh, issue after issue after issue, I get completely exercised about climate change conversations because they've been measuring the climate for 150 years. <laughs> but it's the hottest year in a in 10,000 years yes, it's the, was I, the headline. I saw it on the news this morning. Oh, uh, hottest uh, July in history. In history, they've only been measuring 150 <laughs> years. And I don't think they were measuring 150 years ago as accurately. No. Did they have as many thermometers that were all reporting into headquarters? No. And so, wow, what to believe. So the issue, believe no lies, could not be more important. And then if we talk about a, a suicide rate that's the highest it's ever been, there's a lot of lies getting believed. We think about the identity issues. I just finished a book uh, related to uh, the rapid onset gender dysphoria going on with teenage girls and uh and there's a lot of lies being believed and there seems to be so little if any discernment um it my uh, granddaughter i guess i shouldn't go through this without shouting out to my <laughs> five grandkids but <laughs> she was in kindergarten uh, just a month in and she says uh, on the phone she says hey um unicorns are real and we're like unicorns are real what do you mean well, no, they're real. My friend at school told me. <laughs> exclusive proof. Exclusive proof. I know the news. <laughs> and so we said, well, maybe you should talk to your mom and dad, and, and maybe you know the friend isn't accurate. And she, this is what she said: I immediately believe everything my friends tell me. <laughs> no, no, she said that out loud. She said she that to us. Wow. Verbalized. I immediately believe everything my friends tell me. <laughs> She, she's in for a hard, hard life. <laughs> There's a lesson going to be learned sooner or later. <laughs> oh, yeah. my goodness. It's going to be painful. I hope yeah. she's past that. Of course, she starts third grade next week. But I hope she's past that. But that, and how many people, I immediately believe everything I hear about, uh, you know, this topic or that. And making it personal. One of the things that I do, and I, I think everybody, other people do, I, I mentioned adequacy or inadequacy, feeling mm -hmm. that way. Um, the things that confirm our inadequacy, here's, we, I'm a grown-up, I immediately believe everything that confirms my inadequacy. <laughs> and anything that validates or affirms, you know, hey, my adequacy, that's an exception. Mm. Oh, that, and we, we blow that off. Um, and people do that with whatever their issue is. We fail, we Believe every message that's negative and deteriorates us. Jake, Jake calls it, and, and 
confirmation bias. Confirmation. Talks about it a lot. I don't know if I call it. Yeah, yeah I yeah. stole that from you, somewhere. You, yeah. you, you just talk about it a lot. Yeah. Like he says, we we see confirmation bias. And so if it's that negative voice in your head that you're talking about, you only hear the, oh, yeah, yeah. That that does confirm I, I don't have what it takes. Mm. Neglecting the myriad of other. Sure. And whatever positives have come along, we're like, those are exceptions. Um, anyway, I, I was, I mean, I saw behind the curtain a little bit more cause I've had conversations about the series, but there's an answer to all of the enemies. It's great. Uh, uh, uh yes. On the, uh, f- fighting the devil, Ephesians six gives us the spiritual armor, helmet of salvation, uh, yeah. Shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the gospel of Christ. So there's an answer there to stand up against the devil. Uh, the flesh uh, and our impulses, uh, the answer is the Holy Spirit. When we get saved, God gives the Holy Spirit to live in us. And uh, he, in Galatians 5 is going to be a key chapter. When we get to that, walk in the Spirit, and mm. you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And if you, again, look out at our culture, and we don't really have to look past the mirror, really, mm. we're all living on impulse impulse and i want it i want it now i want it for me i'm the boss i'm the authority and the answer is the holy spirit that comes to live in us the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace who doesn't want those things again we think that we're the source of love and joy and peace and the scripture tells us god is the source of that and then the third one uh the world system that anti-god system uh, the antidote to that from God is the community of believers, the church. And that's the, the answer to man. And uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, driving uh, home or whatever, uh, when the church disperses for Monday morning, we go into a, a system that's, well, anti-God, Scripture says. And then we come together on Sunday, uh, small groups, worship gathering, it's like this is the body, this is the community, this is the antidote to what we're dealing with in the isolation and the uh, opposition that it feels like the mm. world system's giving us. Because if we're all walking around wondering what the truth is, uh, well, Sean and I had dinner with a couple from church last week, and political conversation came up, and there were opinions being shared around the table, and Sean just goes, how do you know that? Like, what are you listening to? Like, she was eager to, like, I want information. Well, for all of these lies that all these enemies are telling us, the answer is the word of God and the community of believers. Like, we have the answer. That's why Christians need to be standing up and saying, I have the answer. It's the word of God. It's not my answer. It's God's answer. I think that's going to be valuable to hear. That's great. I read it in my quiet time this morning, a verse in Proverbs that just says the word of God is flawless. It's not ever going to change. And such a benefit there yeah. because uh, the messages that we're hearing uh, change and the word of God doesn't when we build our lives on that. Oh, that's uh, you, one of the taglines that I've heard all nine years that I've been here. Uh, only two things last forever. Souls have been in the word of God. Yeah, like, that's great. And so if we build our life on some other lie, the opinions of friends or some peer group or making money. I'm, I'm reading a book now by Paul David Tripp called Sex and Money. It's just <laughs> how we've made gods out of those. Yeah. Um, is it in preparation for the money series? It, it's in, uh, it will be, yes. <laughs> the, the lies series. I'm in yeah. preparation for the lies series. Yeah. Just there's lies about sex and there's lies about money. 
but it'll help certainly at the money. Yeah, just I, I'm laughing, Caleb. Um, I don't think anyone could have said more times than we have said. I read a book, but just in this one time, <laughs> Joe has said I've read a book eight or nine times. If you wondered where we were getting it from, yeah, I will say that's one of my favorite episodes of your book. <laughs> the long one, the long, yeah, yeah, rambling except, about books, except the part about <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> yeah, from the horse's mouth here. <laughs> yeah, we weren't making that up. Uh, uh, but it was true about the most boring book at Barnes and Noble that you found super that was interesting. Quite exciting. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've passed that on to my brother. I think he's going to get as much. Out of so it Caleb so. was wrong. There's other one. Uh, there's there's at least one, one other person. <laughs> yes, after you, you said two. I've been like, there's got to be more. <laughs> I've been racking my brain. Your brother. brother. We'll, we'll we'll call back in a year and see if he actually read it or if it's just been on the coffee table. I'm yes I'm calling them out now. <laughs> sometimes buying books from people is risky because it's like i just bought a coaster uh, i don't think i've ever bought a book for joe that i was like he'll at least read it out of like i don't want to feel guilty that i didn't read it yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it's something to read so uh love to do that all right well uh man i love the peek behind the curtain right the yeah man behind the curtain um i think oftentimes People, the great and powerful Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it was good to know that Joe's not sitting on his desk Wednesday thinking, what am I going to teach first, <laughs> right? We're being led by someone who has foresight, yep. who has climbed the tree like we've talked about, mm. and looking out for some vision for our church, mm-hmm. uh, and that he's not coming up with them out of his own opinions, but they're coming from ultimately the scripture. So, Well, thanks for having me on. Thanks for, me let, for letting me into the studio. <laughs> the studio. Uh, here. Give him a key to the door. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, Well, great. All right. So uh, we'll see you next time for Don't Be an Idiot. Mm